GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast, live from the Gateway, a special edition from our five-day Web3 Arts and Culture Festival during Art Basel, Miami. If you were there, you already know we took over two city blocks, 12 buildings, and united the Web3 community. But you know, if you were sleeping or got caught up in a little bit too much traffic from South Beach, we got you covered. We got amazing conversations from the week to roll out uh, as we gear up to relaunch season two of the NFT Now podcast. This week's guest is Ivan Soto Wright, co-founder and CEO of MoonPay, leading Web3 infrastructure company and title sponsor for The Gateway. Uh, Committed to democratizing access to this technology, a lot of overlap between our two missions. This was a great conversation with Ivan about how he sees uh, MoonPay bringing in the next billion users into Web3. Uh, And before we jump in, just want to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we're taking all the things that are happening and making them easy to understand and actionable insights directly to your inbox. But without any further ado, Ivan Soto Wright, CEO of MoonPay. There we go. There we go. I'm Matt Medved, co-founder, CEO of NFT Now. I'm really excited for this fireside chat with Ivan Soto Wright, founder and CEO of MoonPay. Ivan, we have so much to talk about and only 30 minutes. So why don't we just start with a brief introduction uh, and uh, we'll dive into all the topics. I'm excited. First off, incredible to be here. Let's get a woo from the audience. So I'm Ivan Sederite. I'm the co-founder and CEO of MoonPay. What are we doing at MoonPay? We want to onboard the world to Web3. I think the important way to start is just defining what Web3 is, right? So I talk about the first generation of the internet was read-only, Web1. Then you had read-write, Web2. And Web3 is about read, write, and own. The central idea is around ownership. And when I describe the vision of Web3, you should own and control your identity, your data, your property, and your money. And so we built MoonPay to accelerate this next generation of the internet. I love it. I love it. Let's give it up for MoonPay. Our, our incredible partner on the gateway, a Web3 metropolis. Well, look, let's, let's address, you know, the, the elephant in the room in the crypto space. Uh, it's obviously been uh, quite an active news cycle ahead of, ahead, of, uh, ahead of this event. How do you feel the collapse of FTX will impact the crypto space and what lessons can we learn from it? So, yeah, first, hearts go out. It's obviously a, a very unfortunate situation, especially for people that have their funds uh, trapped. There's some people that have their life savings. You have to remember these are real people. Um, that had their funds at FTX. So there are real people that were impacted. So that's obviously incredibly unfortunate. Um, you know, when I started in this industry, when we started MoonPay, we really believe that the future is non-custodial. Um, and when I talk about non-custodial, it's the idea that you should actually really own and control your money. Um, you know, I think part of it was we wanted to solve user experience fast in the beginning, right? So I think it was easy to basically have your assets on a trading platform like a Coinbase or a Binance or an FTX. But in a lot of cases, you're not in control of your private keys. Um, And I think the future is you will be in control of your private keys. And I think the biggest barrier of adoption to that has just been the user experience. So at MoonPay, we've really focused from the get-go, we were non-custodial, right? So meaning that um, you would have to basically input a wallet address, the wallet address that you control to top up your wallet. And I think that's the future that we're ultimately heading. 
I think the FTX debacle is really a, a case of not your keys, not your crypto. I think hopefully that lesson uh, starts to really stick with people after this. And really, I think this future is you're going to be in control. You're going to opt into this whole range of different decentralized applications in Web3. And so I think this is accelerating that future. It's accelerating the future of the movement of non-custodial. So now it's up to us to really build the right user experience. The other thing that's challenging is just the narrative around crypto right now uh, and NFTs, right? I think we have a lot of work to do to correct the narrative. We need to talk about positive real-world use cases. I think we have a lot of work to do to elevate the content of crypto. Um, you know, a lot of crypto assets, you know, what is the utility? There, there's, there are a lot of assets where it's definitely speculative. Speculation has an important role. That's ultimately price discovery, so we need to figure out how to price these different assets. But... What I'm most excited about is taking all this content that we love, especially from brands, Fortune 500 companies. We've been doing a lot of work this year onboarding some of the biggest names from Fox, Universal, Ala Yoga, Flamengo, a whole range of different IP and bridging that IP into Web3. If we just think about this year alone, Nike, Tiffany's, and Dolce Gabbana have generated a quarter billion dollars in revenue from their smart contracts. That's all public, that's all on chain. And that's just a very small sliver of the intellectual property that I think is going to transition from Web 2 to Web 3. So I think we have a huge opportunity in front of us. But, um, you know, I think this is a, there's also going to be a call for regulation uh, as a result of what's happened with FTX. I think it makes sense. If you're holding on to customer funds, you should be regulated. I think that's definitely the, the we have, we already have regulation in place for that. Um, so it's a lesson. It's a lesson here, but I think ultimately it's some short-term pain. Uh, we've been through a lot of volatility uh, in the markets. You know, my name is, I, I call myself on Instagram, Ivan Hodel. Hold on for dear life. There's a lot of volatility in this space, so you have to be ready for it. Um, and so we're still very long-term oriented. And, and now it's just about being able to point to incredible real things. How is your life going to be better as a result of using this technology? Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And sometimes these inflection points are actually really important for the long-term health of the space in terms of flushing out bad actors and, and helping you know, ensure that the people who are there building, showing up each day in the bear market are the people who, have, who are true believers in, in the future of this technology. Now, I know that MoonPay uh, recently changed from its roots as a crypto payments company to a Web3 infrastructure company. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why that was important? Yeah, so maybe just start with the story of MinPay, where we started. Um, so I actually started with building a wallet. Um, I see the wallet as kind of the foundational building block where all value is going to move over blockchains. You know, we're not sure what blockchain that's going to be, but ultimately we see more and more transactions happening peer-to-peer over wallets. And so what didn't make sense to me when I started in this space was it was really hard to first interact with the wallet. Um, I remember there wasn't even a graphical user interface. So you had to actually use the terminal. You had to be a bit of a nerd to interact with the first generation of wallets. And if you wanted to put money in your wallet, you'd have to go to a traditional exchange, buy your cryptocurrency, then move it into your wallet, which didn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I said, all right, how do we make that simpler and more intuitive? And so we built the buy button. That's essentially MoonPay's fiat checkout product. Uh, we started with Bitcoin.com in 2018. And then um, it was a very difficult time. I remember trying to raise money around that period of time. It was actually... It's, it's very analogous to right now where some people lose faith uh, in these kind of bear or winter type cycles. And it was really difficult to raise even a seed round. Like, no, we got rejected pretty much from every VC on uh, Salem Hill Road. Um, blessing in disguise uh, in the long term because we were able to bootstrap. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that 
What was important was, like, okay, let's make this experience of buying crypto really easy and seamless where you don't have to leave the application and let's go to these points of distribution. And that's how we're able to scale super fast. We were inside of a lot of these wallets and during the pandemic, we just saw this explosion, right? All these wallets um, started getting a lot of traction, uh, people wanting to top up their wallets and, and that's where MoonPay's roots started. Then we saw this opportunity where the content's changing, right? It's not just digital money and crypto assets. It's this idea around digital property and NFTs. And, and I, I kind of saw another opportunity where it didn't make sense to me where you'd have to go buy Ethereum first before you could buy an NFT. Like that's just an additional friction step. So then we released NFT Checkout. Um, we launched with OpenSea, which we're you know, super excited to partner with. And we took out the complexity of having to go buy crypto. You can now check out. You can check out with your American Express, your Visa, your MasterCard. We take care of all that complexity underneath the hood. And we're going to be rolling out even more improvements to that flow soon. You know, my goal is crypto needs to pass the mom test. And my mom currently still hasn't used OpenSea yet. So until she uh, successfully is able to make a purchase, uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, but that's the payments infrastructure side. We have 13 million verified customers on our platform and growing uh, across all these different points of distribution. We're in 160 countries. We're constantly localizing the payment methods on MoonPay. But on the other side, um, we saw this big opportunity to bring more content into Web3. You know, as I said, you know, it's only been a sliver of IP that's made it into Web3 so far. So this year we launched a new business called Hypermint. Uh, and we're super fired up about Hypermint. Hypermint, essentially, the simplest way I can define it is you have these ideas for things that should belong in Web3. Those ideas can be expressed in metadata, right? It could be audio, it could be visual, um, it could be text. And you can deploy those now in the form of NFT content, right? And there needed to be enterprise-grade tooling. And with the same ethos that you should control your money, I think that brands should control their smart contracts. If you're a creator, you should control your smart contracts. And there needed to be infrastructure there. Um, so that's what we sought out to build with Hypermint. Uh, we've been lucky to partner with some of the greatest Fortune 500 companies and helping them navigate through their journey. Um, but yes, we've transcended from just being payments infrastructure to end-to-end -end Web3 infrastructure. And so now you can go idea, metadata, deploy a smart contract. You can host it on your own platform. These assets are now interoperable. They can trade on different pools of liquidity like OpenSea or Magic Eden. And then you'll be able to check out with, with MoonPay. So we see it as really widening the surface area of our payments business. So we're super excited about this transition. And you know, being able to go end to end, um, you know, it, it just needed to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking back to when we first met. I think it was just about a year ago, uh, maybe at Basel last year or the like. Uh, I remember being struck by the similarities in our company's ethos, uh, the focus on mainstream adoption. You know, at NFT Now, we are looking to take this technology from niche to mainstream. I know at MoonPay, you're all about democratizing access to this technology. Uh, I know you took a big step today. It's in the news today. Uh, the launch of MoonPay's Web3 passport. Uh, what is it? And how do you feel this is going to help move this technology uh, from the niche to the mainstream? Well, I'm super fired up. Uh, this is the first time I'm talking about it, but we have launched the MoonPay Web3 Passport today. Uh, we're, we're really, really, really excited about it. Um, actually, I just posted a, a story on my Instagram. I, I paired it with Tale of Us uh, Time. It's like this like cool you know, intro trailer. I wanted people to get fired up about it. So I think it's signaling a shift around NFTs. So this NFT is a soul-bound NFT. Uh, it's utility-driven. There's no floor price right, on this, and it's going to be unique to you uh, and your MoonPay experience. And so 
what we found was we were working on all these incredible experiences for brands. And the reason why brands want to enter Web3, it's really around loyalty and engagement, right? In this world where traditional advertising has been very challenging, it's actually much cheaper to deploy an NFT strategy. And you're seeing some incredible companies have success with it. Um, we announced recently, we brought on Keith Crossman, uh, who is the former president of Time. He's done a phenomenal job there. He took iconic IP and brought it into Web3 and was able to generate over $15 million in gross revenue, $10 million plus in profit uh, by deploying a Web3 strategy. And essentially, the way to think about it is he took those Time pieces, he basically took uh, Time Magazine covers, turned them into NFTs, and now you can go to timemagazine.com and have a unique experience because you own this collectible. So it's a more contextual experience. So what I found was we're doing this with a lot of different brands, right? We're helping them contextualize you know, and segment out experiences based on this technology for different subsets of their, their audience. And so why not apply that to the MoonPay audience? So we have 13 million verified customers on MoonPay. How can we give them a better experience? And how can we pair them with all these incredible brands that we're working with? You can kind of liken it as, you know, we're moving, and I have a lot of admiration. Uh, they're a partner of ours, obviously, on the, on the NFT checkout. But we have a lot of admiration for American Express. And so we kind of see ourselves as kind of building a next generation American Express and working with the traditional payment companies around that. But the opportunities we can bridge all these web three iconic experiences that we're building with our customer base. And so the MoonPay Passport will be the link. And so we'll be proving it today. Um, some folks will be able to get it, active MoonPay customers, verified customers of MoonPay. Uh, I'm going to be launching some really exciting partnerships. You know, and you can think about all the incredible partnerships we've done this last year. We're going to really expand this program. We want to build the best Web3 loyalty program in the market. Absolutely. Give it up. Give it up. Now, you mentioned these partnerships. They have been incredibly impressive, working with the likes of Nike, Universal, Fox. Uh, you just, as you said, hired Keith Grossman away from being president of Time magazine. Do you feel that big brands are really ready to make the leap into Web3? So I think every technology goes through an adoption cycle, right? So you start with the early innovators, then you move to earlier adopters, then you were to early majority, then late majority, then laggards, right? That's kind of like the cycle. And so you'll have some brands that are willing to be pioneers and be on kind of the innovator slash early adopter. I think that's kind of where we are right now. And there's some brands that have said, hey, they want to move forward and actually deploy a Web3 strategy. You know, I think the challenge is, in a lot of cases for these brands, is they have to build the resources internally and they have to commit, right? You can't really half, you know, can't, can't half-bake this stuff. Like, you got to really commit if you're going to be deploying a Web3 strategy. So we kind of have to be like a sniper and focus on a couple really impactful opportunities. I kind of describe it as we're like, it's almost like early Netflix before you have really good content on the platform. So we kind of have to bootstrap the network effect of content that enters the platform. And so we're placing our bets on companies that have been known to be innovative and are committed to actually deploying a strategy. And eventually we'll go into, you know, you know, we've obviously have the enterprise infrastructure and tooling, but a lot of companies aren't ready to just deploy immediately. And so bringing in people like Keith, um, it's important because we can have that why Web3 conversation with those brands and say, look, this is actually incredible technology. You can get more lifetime value out of your customers. You can now build new revenue streams with those customers around digital collectibles. Uh, you can essentially contextualize the experience to those brands. One of my favorite examples of the work that we did this year um, was Ali Yoga. 
um, I don't know how familiar people are with Al Yoga. I didn't really know how much, of, how, how big a brand it was. Uh, if you go to Los Angeles, you can't go two seconds without seeing someone rocking Al Yoga swag. And, um, so this year they wanted to launch a higher price point item. Uh, it was a luxury skew. Uh, it was the Aspen collection and they debuted it at New York fashion week this year and they didn't want to use the word NFT. Um, so they didn't want to use any kind of jargon. So you go and purchase this just like you normally purchase anything else behind the scenes, Hypermint mints a digital certificate to a wallet. And you'll be able to showcase that digital certificate uh, after the refund window is closed, so no one can game the system. But you'll be able to showcase that certificate, walk up to an Al Yoga store next year, and work out in the fitness center, or be able to go into Al Yoga house and get some cryotherapy. Like it's super cool. So they're going to contextualize the experience to a higher price point segment within Al Yoga. And I think more and more brands, especially in this macroeconomic environment, they need to figure out who their most loyal and who their most engaged customers are. So I think they're all going to be looking to deploy Web3 strategies. It's just a matter of time. And we're building the infrastructure to make that easier. Makes a ton of sense. I remember our conversation when you announced the, uh, the partnership with Universal, the Halloween Horror Nights, which you know, gives the opportunity to put NFTs into millions of people's hands really seamlessly. Um, we talked about also the term NFT and, and you compared it to the, to the term MP3. And, uh, and I know our, our friend Keith likes to talk about uh, NFTs and Web3 having its, its iPod moment, you know, 1,000 songs in your pocket, that the moment when you're no longer talking about the technology, but you're talking about how it actually makes people's lives better. Um, I'd love for you to, to speak a bit to that because I thought you had some really great points as in thinking about where we're headed there. Yeah. Uh, well, first I'll talk about Universal for a second. Um, as a kid, I used to love going to Halloween Horror Nights. So it was like an absolute honor to be able to work on this project with Universal. Uh, for people that aren't aware of what we did, we basically put QR codes, we scattered them around the park. There are a lot of people that wait in these queues for like hours. It's like it kind of blew my mind. I actually went and checked it out this year. People queue for hours. They're so excited to go into the, uh, you know, the, they, and, and they're actually, the, I think the Twitter slogan is they're there to scare the shit out of you. They actually say like that is the, the purpose of, of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and um, we put these QR codes around the park. So you scan the QR code. Again, no knowledge of having to set up a wallet. Behind the scenes, we mint an NFT and you can collect these different NFTs around the park. And for Universal, that's interesting because now they can figure out who their most excited people inside the park are, right? These are engaged people within the park. You can imagine that next year they could say, hey, this person should have a fast pass. It's a, a huge funnel to their CRM and they can provide more contextual experience to the people that are inside the park. So I thought it was a really cool in real life use case. And so we're excited to do more really cool stuff around geolocation, IP, QR codes. There's a lot of really cool stuff around augmented reality and PO apps. And so I'm super fired up about all that work that's going to happen there. So on, on NFTs, I describe them as a file format, right? Um, I think that's the way to think about it. And you know, it doesn't make sense. You're not going to go like NFT this, NFT that, right? Um, in the same way that you're not like, I, you don't really use the word MP3 that much. I don't think you're going to use the word NFT in everyday life. It's just going to get abstracted behind the scenes, right? And so, like, in all these instances, you just talk about what this technology actually solves, right? And so, music is a really interesting one. It's a really complex area. But what's incredible NFTs is you can compile many different file formats in one. So, you can take audio, you can take visual, you can time cone it, and then you can build if this, then that statements for ownership of those assets. So you can imagine, you know, concert visuals are an area I'm really excited about, right? Um, you could own, so what's crazy is these artists spend millions of dollars a year producing incredible concert visuals, right? And they're not, 
they're not monetizing that in any way. But if you're an ultimate super fan, you might actually want to own that concert visual. And you can imagine that concert visual might give you backstage access where you could hang out with the artist, right? So I think that's kind of the future of fandom in some ways. And I think that's what's so cool is like, this is a file format. There's so much possibility. And I think in general, that that's another point we're looking for our blockbuster moments with this technology. So I think the infrastructure is more or less there. Now it's about getting really exciting content. And that is really a, a function of really creative folks, incredible innovative companies committing to deploying cool strategies and bringing this stuff to market. 100%. You know, one thing that's always stood out to me about MoonPay is just your understanding of culture. You know, whether it was the concierge service really helping contribute to the rise of, of Board Ape Yacht Club to supporting artists directly on the platform. I know you recently announced Amber Vittoria as uh, MoonPay's first artist in residence. Um, well, how do you, you know, with the mission of bringing this mainstream, of democratizing access, how do you feel NFTs uh, are, are an important game changer in terms of taking this technology mainstream? Well, first, everything's about culture, right? Um, and I think crypto hasn't really done a very good job marketing itself. And so there's a big opportunity to showcase these examples across this whole range of industries. That's what's so exciting about NFTs as a file format. They can be adapted to music, art, entertainment, gaming. Um, there's so many different ways it can be applied. But we need to make it cool. Like, if this stuff isn't cool, people aren't going to be excited to test it. People aren't going to be excited. Like, there's no so what, right? So we have to make this stuff cool. And so I've spent a lot of time um, work doing things that don't scale, frankly, right? We have to kind of, like, bootstrap the flywheel and, and the, the network effect of getting really good content into Web3. Um, but, you know, I think what's important is we have to tell the stories of the creator, you know, NFTs would not be where they are today if it wasn't for incredible creators like Amber Victoria or Thank You X, uh, people. There's so many names you can name out there. Uh, and we're looking to elevate those names, right? How do we showcase their incredible work that they're doing? And, you know, how do we, how do we create these, like, cultural resonant moments, right? Um, you know, I think it's a really big deal for them around the royalty potential. That was a really big debate this year. Um, I think it's important that creators are able to enforce their royalties, now, that's full stop. I think incredibly important. That's why they're here. And if Basquiat or Warhol or these artists were alive today, I'm pretty sure they would be using smart contracts. Because if you're an intellectual property owner, right, there's an incredible secondary market that takes place and you're not earning any of that, right? And so there's a big opportunity that can be applied to ticketing. It can be applied in so many different ways. Um, and so, you know, I think creators at the heart of this. We need to tell their stories. We need to, you know, I think they're doing some really incredible stuff. You can just walk around the gateway. You can see all this incredible stuff that these guys are working on. And so, yeah, we just need to, we need to elevate those voices and story tell how they're leveraging this technology and how they're building a better experience for their fans, their collectors, and full stop. They also, this is the greatest wealth transfer that we've ever seen to creators, right? That's taken place as a result of NFTs. So I think that's incredibly special as well. Absolutely. Uh, Give it up, give it up, yeah. We, we also support creator royalties, full stop, at NFT Now. Um, well, Ivan, I've got a question that I know is on the mind of, of many observing the space. Will MoonPay IPO? So I think right now we're trying to build a, pri a private company that is iconic and iconic within its brand. I think that's like the most important thing to me right now. 
Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of maturity that we need to do inside of MoonPay. We're obviously maturing from just a payments infrastructure business to having multiple verticals and being end-to-end Web3 infrastructure. Um, you know, we're going to do what's right for the company. We're going to focus on growth. We're in a really good position at the moment. Um, we're just going to keep building out. It's really heavy R&D at the moment to build incredible products. Um, so maybe when the time is right, but I think right now we're just going to keep our heads down, hunkered down. Uh, I'm super fired up. I think the, the, the thing I'm most excited about MoonPay is the team. Uh, have worked really, really hard to bring in incredible people. We see ourselves like a sports team. We want to bring in the best of the best across all these different verticals. And you have to bring these great minds together across compliance, legal, finance. Like, you know, I see myself as somewhat a talent agent, right? Like, you know, essentially, you're, you're, if you're running a company, it's about how do you bring the best talent to your company and do great work. And so, um, and then also finding people that resonate with your values. And at MoonPay, we call it block. We care about people being humble leading with empathy, owning it, clear and concise communication, and Kaizen. Kaizen is my favorite one. Kaizen literally means change for better in Japanese. Um, and so we want everyone to have continuous improvement in the company. So how are you getting better? How can you, and you know, as a, as a company, we're always just trying to get better, but also in your personal life, how can you get better? So um, you know, we try to live by that and try to find people that resonate with the work that we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one thing I know we've chatted about before is just, you know, the belief in this technology and the fact that there are just so many use cases. You know, we've seen digital art, we've seen digital collectibles take off in terms of market volume and mainstream attention, but it's just scratching the surface for the, te- for the potential here. Um, and, you know, so many different UK use cases, more nascent ones like music to TV, film, to literary and beyond to even more mundane ones, like, but very useful ones and pragmatic ones like documents and deeds to houses and the like and, and property. Um, there's no shortage of, of use cases for this technology to be excited about. Um, so I just want to hear what are you most excited about as we look to the future? So one area that really excites me is um, I've been playing a lot in virtual reality and also augmented reality. Um, I think there's, you know, there's something there, right? Um, I think there's augmented reality will probably take off faster than virtual reality. Um, so we've been really excited. We'll have some announcements soon, but one area that we're really excited about is QR codes, right? Um, there's, there's huge opportunity. You're scanning QR codes in everyday life. Um, I think there's a big opportunity to bridge some of the technology that we're building with QR codes, which is, which is pretty exciting. That gives you a little bit of a hint, uh, of a direction that we're moving. Um, but you can imagine this world where eventually the user experience around engaging in augmented reality, the barrier is going to be much lower, right? It'll be like a pair of glasses that you put on versus like a crazy headset. Um, and that pair of glasses, you could have very basic functionality to start. It could have micro cameras in there that scanning QR codes and being able to think about turning the world almost like into like a Pokemon Go. That's kind of like I, I see the world kind of going that way. All these different experiences that you have. And with brands, those experiences being highly contextual based on what you have in your wallet, right? And how you've engaged with those brands in the past. I think we're going to go into this opt-in world. You're going to own your identity, your data, your property, and your money, and you're going to interact with these different applications. You're going to be in control, and you're going to have highly contextualized experiences with the different brands. And you can imagine what that could look like in the world of AR with a pair of glasses, for example. You walk in here, and I might see something different than someone else, which is super cool. So I think 
that's an area that I'm, I'm really excited about in terms of how this technology can be applied. Um, virtual reality is also cool too. Um, you know, the idea that um, if you're in a, in a tough environment, you can put on a virtual reality headset and you could be on a beach somewhere and, you know, having some nice, you know, you know tribal drums and I guess getting to meditate and, 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 you know, get into a different state of mind. I think that's, that's also super powerful. And for things like meditation, you know, being able to have audio and visual together. I think there's some, some really cool experiences that are going to be built out. And in the same way, it, we have to elevate the content, right? We still don't have that many blockbusters that people are leveraging in both augmented reality and virtual reality. So there's going to be a lot of work to be done there. But that's, a, that's an area that's, that's super exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very big day with the launch of the Web3 Passport at MoonPay. Obviously, incredible partnerships. You've just been rolling them out. Uh, what more can you tell us about what the future holds for MoonPay? Uh, anything else that's coming up down the pipeline that you'd like to highlight? So I'd like everyone here to check it out, moonpay.com slash web3. It's web3-passport. So we actually opened up the applications today. You can check it out. Woo! Get your soul-bound NFT. Um, so yeah, we're super fired up about uh, this launch. I mean, that, that's, I think a lot of focus will be how do we make sure these passport holders are getting rewarded? What are all the incredible opportunities they're going to have as a result of owning these passports? So everyone here has an early opportunity to get one before anyone else. So uh, that's, that's what I'm really excited about. Also, just, you know, we're going to continue expanding, you know, more payment methods, more geographies, um, getting best in class conversions, um, you know, abstracting some of the complexity around the wallet. Um, you know, I think that's another area that we're, we're really excited about in terms of, okay, can I check out, buy it, have it, have the wallet and scaffolding and then be able to claim into my Web3 wallet when I'm ready. So I think that's kind of where the future is going. It's just better user experience. Like that is the biggest barrier. The biggest barrier to Web3 adoption is user experience. So we just have to keep building infrastructure that makes sense and is making things easier for everyone. Absolutely. Well, look on that note, we are at time. Everyone give it up for Ivan from MoonPay. Thanks so much. Wow. Well, there you have it. Always a pleasure catching up with Ivan. He's clearly playing chess and a lot of other people in this space are playing checkers. So excited to see what MoonPay has on the horizon and big thanks to MoonPay for helping make the gateway a Web3 metropolis possible. Uh, before I leave you, want to encourage you to give us some feedback. We love to hear your thoughts on your streaming service of choice. We love the stars. We read every review and we are always looking to make improvements as we gear up to relaunch season two of the NFT Now podcast. Stay Stay safe, stay good, and we will see you on the next episode, live from the Gateway.